I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Hello and welcome back to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Each fortnight we bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening, plant care, pest control, container ideas, growing your own fruit and vegetables, plus expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Tony Dickerson, one of the team of horticultural advisors here at the RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. With December almost upon us, this edition of the podcast has a festive focus. Coming up, gifts for gardeners, experts suggest presents to delight the garden lovers in your life, amaryllis, poinsettias, hyacinths and the traditional tree, how to choose, care for and get the best displays from your Christmas plants, stunning festive decorations and, as usual, expert seasonal advice from the RHS garden team. With so many products and promotions at this time of year, selecting Christmas presents for your friends and family can be a major undertaking. To help you choose gifts that will be really appreciated by garden lovers this Christmas, we spoke to horticultural experts to get their suggestions for winning presents. Okay, so it's Matthew Pottage, garden manager at Wisley. One of my best Christmas presents and one of my tips would be if, if you're looking to buy a present for a gardener, go to a really good bookshop, somewhere like the Wisley Bookshop, an amazing range of gardening books, horticultural books, and check out something that you know will be of real use to, to your gardening friend or your gardening chums, something that may be of their, their interest, of a specific plant, or maybe just a really versatile good book like The Plant Finder that changes year on year, it's the absolute bible for finding plants you want to get hold of and is always you know a regularly used thing on my bookshelf but yeah something of quality that you think yep they can read that through the winter months they're going to learn something and it's going to be of there for future reference hi i'm lee hunt i'm the principal horticultural advisor here at rhs garden wisley I think if you're trying to choose a really good present, particularly if it's a, a gardener who you know gets that there and does a lot of pruning, you can't do better than a really good pair of secateurs. They last a long time. So if you go for something like a Felco pair, which is, you often see these in photographs and when you go around the gardens, if you notice gardeners at the RHS with red handles, it's the professional stuff that we use. They're a bit more expensive, but the pair I've had now have lasted a good 15 years. So uh, it makes it really quite a good value present, I think, if you are giving it to someone. 
they stay nice and sharp also you can sharpen them and you can even get them serviced reasonably as well so they come back like new so it's one of those things it's such a basic but having a good pair it's like um, having that essential bit of kitchen equipment that you couldn't do without so it really is one worth giving and receiving. Hi, I'm Sam Gallivan, team leader of the Propagation Department of Weasley. And certainly for Christmas, I think it would be a great idea to ask for one of the heated propagators, the little small windowsill propagators. Great for starting off your seeds or your cuttings in the springtime, just to give things a little bit of base or heat to encourage them to grow away. So that's a good one for Christmas. I'm Jenny Bowden and I'm a horticultural advisor for the RHS and I work at Wisley. Best present that I probably got doesn't sound that impressive, but it was actually a gardening diary. So I could keep a record of all the things I've sown and um, the results, uh, especially for the vegetables. I find it very useful to look back over it and see how things performed and the timing, because you always think you're going to remember, but you never do. So every single vegetable that I plant, I make a record of it and then go back and see what happened. Another present you might consider is a good gardening knife, which you can take cuttings with. Uh, Good make is Tina, although Swiss Army knives are very good as well. If you go for a Tina knife, there's a whole range that you can choose from, from simple knives through to budding and grafting knives. You can find many of the items mentioned and many more inspiring present ideas on the books and gifts section of the RHS website rhs.org.uk On the website you can also find details of our exciting Christmas RHS membership offer. RHS membership makes a perfect gift for Christmas or any occasion as you'll be giving someone a year of glorious garden visits as well as exclusive membership benefits such as discounted tickets to the RHS shows, free personalised advice and the garden magazine every month. They can choose when they want their membership to begin. Plus this year we have a new luxury gift pack which includes an exclusive RHS bag and £5 RHS retail voucher giving them something extra special to open with their gift. Choose to wrap it up yourself or the RHS can send it for you with a personal message. I'm Tony Dickerson and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. Another key element of Christmas is the festive decorations and what home would be complete without some traditional Christmas plants? How do you ensure you select the best plants and get them to perform impressively? And what can you find in your own garden to create fabulous wreaths and decorations? Hi, I'm Guy Barter. I'm a Chief Horticultural Advisor for the Royal Horticultural Society and I'm based in Wisley. It's traditional to buy lots of house plants at Christmas and the horticultural industry knows this and goes to vast lengths to grow huge numbers of ornamental plants, especially poinsettias and azaleas and orchids for the Christmas market. And these plants are really good value. The market is highly competitive and the plants are produced in great quantities, but they're also produced to a price. So it pays to have a really good look at the plant so you know what you're buying. The very best quality are well covered in leaves from the top to the bottom and have ample flowers or in the case of Ponsetti as bracts. However, there's lots of really good plants at a more reasonable price and um, that are not quite so well covered, but still make very good examples of plants. It's almost impossible to buy a bad plant, but unfortunately, um, in between the nursery and your living room, plants can come a cropper. So particularly 
particularly in cold weather, it's important to be careful not to buy plants that have been out on the pavement outside florists and have got chilled. And if you go to a garden centre, um, the garden centre will much appreciate it if you don't take your house plants or walk around the outside plant section. Leave them indoors until it's time to go. And when you've paid for them, ideally get hold of a cardboard box or some similar wrapping so they don't get chilled in the short journey to your car. And once they're in your car, don't leave them in the boot while you go to the supermarket. Take them home and put them in a warm, well-lit place. Because the plants that come out of greenhouses, they are not hardened at all and they will be very tender. So it's important to make sure that they're in a nice, warm, well-lit part of your house. After a few days, if they need to to go to a cooler room, then that's fine. In fact, it's quite good because one of the worst things for house plants is to have excessive heat and light um, for too long. On the other hand, they do need to, to photosynthesize, so in the middle of the room and away from windows is it, not such a good idea. And of course at night, if it's a cold night, the cold can come seeping in through the glass and chill plants, so it's as well to bring plants inside the curtains um, for the night. If you do this, um, your plants can last a really long time. The worst thing with houseplants is overwatering. Uh, people kill most houseplants by an excess of care and overwatering. Uh, the trick is to water them just enough uh, so that they're moist but never soggy. Particularly vulnerable are cyclamen. The cyclamen are one of the greatest value house plants. They last a long time. They're really floriferous. Um, they don't cost very much. You can get large ones or small ones depending on the space and you can put them into floral arrangements or Christmas decorations. And here, if they are look at all limp or don't have firm foliage, then probably not a good buy. Always go for ones that are really firm and springy. The old test, which I don't advise you to do in the garden centre, but it gives you an indication, is to turn it upside down and hold it foliage downmost in your hand. Um, if it remains firm, then it's in good condition. And that's how the cyclamen growers check their stock. Christmas trees are much the same. Um, they are actually living. I'm not talking about the artificial Christmas trees, of course. I'm talking about ones that are supplied um, as living plants. Often they're cut. And here we suggest that uh, you don't buy it too early. Or if you do buy a Christmas tree early, put it in a bucket of water um, for half a day when you buy it and keep it somewhere cool until it's ready to be brought into the house. A really nice idea is buying Christmas trees in a pot as a living tree. Um, here you you don't want to compromise them so it's best to, to buy them quite late on and remove them from the house as early as possible and avoid putting them next to fires or radiators or in very hot rooms oftentimes you go around and you see a large spruce tree in the garden and this is often a christmas tree that has been planted out and um, has become a garden feature uh, be aware though that they do grow quite tall and um, you probably don't want to keep it for many years um Another good uh, Christmas uh, plant, a traditional one, is the is the azalea. Azaleas are in fact rhododendrons, so you won't be surprised to know that they need to uh, be watered with rainwater. And again, being rhododendrons, they're not tropical plants, so a really hot, heated room doesn't really suit them. So keep them for a brief time in the in the prider place in heated rooms, and then move them to well lit rooms that are not too warm. Uh, for the rest of the year and then they can go outside during the summer and can be brought in year after year. It's getting to that time where we're all thinking about Christmas and there really is nothing nicer than having a proper fresh wreath to go either inside or on your front door. It just has that sort of touch of class because it's something so personal, particularly if you're using things from your garden. 
there's lots of options you can go for depending on your skill. Uh, for example, if you're not that well uh, sort of versed in making things floral, get a base that you can buy where they've taken something like a hoop of wire and it'll already have attached the fur to it. That's a really simple one because then you can decorate it from things from your garden. So it could be that you find pine cones. It could be that you use uh, things like berries as well to tack in there and more holly. And then put your sort of choice of bow on it and that'll be a really simple one for you. If you've got more time and you think you're going to have a really have a bit of fun with this, then start with something like the coloured stems of cornice and willow. So these are the, the dogwoods with the bright red stems and the, the willows with the golden stems. Uh, what you can do is actually form a ring of those stems. So it's a bit like you would imagine if you were willow weaving, but it's very simple. You bend the stem round in a hoop and you leave the long bit sticking out and then you come just behind it an inch or so and then wrap the next coloured stem right round and then you leave the, the end sticking out again. So you keep following that round, twisting it round, building up that layer so that it becomes the thick ring. As you're going, just sort of bend it a bit because often it starts to get a bit out of shape. You'll have all these long bits sticking out. It's up to you then. You can either trim them off and make a tidy ring or it can look like a sort of firework or a Catherine wheel with it all going off around the edge. So that's something that you know you might have in your garden. If you've been planting willows and corns, you'll have those red, green and orange stems. And so really sort of simple one just to knock up. For the final ring, you might want to try something a bit more unusual I'm thinking about things now like clematis clematis particular things like the tangusica which had the yellow flowers in August or if you're in more in the countryside you might see old man's beard as well clematis vitalba and it has those fluffy seed heads attached to now bare branches if you cut lengths of that it's almost like sort of nature's tinsel and you can wrap them round and round so that the seed heads point out this is one that's best indoors because the seed heads can get knocked about if we have lots of winds and you can just put a light lacquering of ha uh, hairspray on the top just to hold it all in place as well so that something different and you can you know it's one of those things should you gild the lily should you add a bit of sparkle well actually you know it's one of those times where you can be too subtle if you like your seed heads then Unfortunately, you won't have them now, but think about planting some alliums for next year because these starry seed heads that come in different sizes from the tighter pom-poms right through to the sort of foot across things like Christophii and Schubertii, they're really dramatic once they're sprayed silver. So if you're doing bigger arrangements for a hall or even helping out with a local decorating or something like a church, then they're brilliant. They really give you some strong impact. There's lots of things you can try. And the main thing is do what you want. Christmas is personal and enjoy it. So there are some ideas of what to do for Christmas. But what should you be doing in your garden right now? Let's join the Wisley Garden team. OK, so we're, we're not quite at Christmas, but looking around the garden, it's looking like things have gone to sleep and we've got a lot of plants that have died down. And now is a real good time of year to actually kick off with any bed renovations. If there's things you know aren't working in your garden borders are looking tired 
now is the time to do any ripping out and if you think actually we just need to clear this out we need to start again really good winter job for a cold morning pulling out tired shrubs ripping out any perennials that are just past it or you want to move elsewhere and getting in some either manure, garden compost, leaf mould and do a proper dig of the beds, you know, double dig them or fork them over or however, you know, whatever works best for you. But it's, you cannot rate this enough, a decent renovation of, of, a, of a bed, bringing in organic matter and preparing the soil ready for a spring planting. It's really worth its weight in gold. If you're going to spend a bit of money on new plants, spend a bit of time preparing the soil beforehand. So now is a really good time to be looking after your pond and getting it ready for winter. There's still plenty of leaves to come down, so it's not too late to net the pond. And that's something that you should try to do anyway. Uh, Too many leaves in the water means that they'll rot down and you could have more of a problem with algae uh, in the springtime. Every few years, perhaps every five years for a small pond you'll want to clean it out completely if it's a slightly larger pond every 10 years would be sufficient so basically late autumn is a very good time to do this because creatures are less active in the water and some of them may already have left to overwinter in in the woods or underneath leaves or any debris that they can find So if you are going to clean out your pond, then you'll want to get hold of a holding tank to put any fish or deep water plants in and just put some pond water in there and pop them in there. And then if it's a a largish amount of water, then you may want to hire a pond pump, uh, a pump to get the water out of the pond. And then as the water levels fall, then take the fish out. Put any decaying plant material on the side of the pond so that any smaller creatures that have been hidden away can return to the pond. And you want to leave it there for probably about uh, overnight at least because they clamber out over the course of the night and they'll clamber back into the pond. Uh, Scoop up any silt from the base of the pond and you can put that on your borders as well. But keep a little bit back so that when you put the pond water back in, pop back that small amount of silt and it'll be full of lovely creatures that will start the pond off again and help reinstate the balance in the pond. The actual liner, whether it be butyl or whether it be concrete, scrub it. Give it a good old scrub just with water and then keep bailing out the water uh, into uh, into a bucket. If you've got rainwater, that's the best thing to put back in. That will get everything on the route to recovery as regards the water balance so that hopefully you'll have fewer algal problems in the springtime. Hello there, it's uh, Andrew Salisbury, Senior Entomologist at Wisley here. Uh, and today I'm going to talk about uh, soft scale on citrus plants. Soft scale is an insect which causes uh, the plants to become sticky. It's very common on citrus trees, but also breed on things like bay. If you look under the undersurface of the leaf, you'll see a small scale-like insect. It's yellowish-brown and up to about 5 millimetres in length, and it produces copious amounts of honeydew. That's a a sticky excrement, which is basically unprocessed plant sap. This is a pest that can breed all year round and can be very difficult to get rid of. On citruses that you intend to eat the fruit from, uh, you can spray with organic insecticides. Uh, With uh, citruses which are purely ornamental, you can spray with some of the more synthetic uh, sprays. Uh, But it is one of those pests that can be very, very difficult to get rid of. If you fancy getting out and about this month, here are some events happening at our four RHS gardens. Harlow Carr in Yorkshire, Hyde Hall in Essex, Rosemore in Devon and here at the RHS Garden, Wisley in Surrey.
Visit RHS Garden Hyde Hall in the evening of the 5th of December. There'll be an exciting session where you can have the opportunity to get creative and Christmassy with flower arranging. Tea and coffee will be provided and you can take your creation home with you. Come to the RHS Garden Rosemore on the 6th of December where plant expert Roy Cheek will be giving advice on the cultivation of December favourites Holly and Ivy. Visit the glass house at RHS Garden Wisley from the 7th of December to the 5th of January and walk around the beautiful Christmas plant displays to get you in the festive spirit. The glass house opens 10am to 3.45pm with last admission 15 minutes before closing. Details of all these events, as always, are on the RHS website at rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens. We're out of time on this edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. Many thanks to all those who've entered our podcast survey. The winner of our prize draw is Sarah Punter of Great Yarmouth, Norfolk, who receives £50 of RHS books. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Tony Dixon, and the team here at the RHS Garden Wisney in Surrey, goodbye. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced-rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.